tonight, I'm actually, I sort of may have accidentally started a series, so that's kind of fun, but I did a message, I think maybe a month or two ago, called Choosing Trust, and this is actually going to be a continuation of that message, and where the original message came from was looking at the idea of, like, if I had to sum up my journey of faith or describe to someone really simply what it's looked like for me, the only way or the simplest way I could think to describe it is that it's just been a continuous journey of choosing to trust God. Like over and over, every day, every moment, every month, every year, for years now, it's just been a journey of continually choosing to trust God. And I think that Faith is nothing without that trust. Our faith means nothing without that that continual decision that we trust in God. And I think it can come as a surprise sometimes when you go on a journey of faith that you need to choose to trust God more than once. Like it's not just the initial, like there is an initial decision, which is probably the best decision to choose to trust God initially and say, you know what, I believe there's something in this God idea. I want to know more. I want to invite Jesus into my life. Like that's the best moment of choosing to trust God. But every day after that, life will continue to happen to you. And you're going to need to choose again and again and again to trust in God. It would be great if we just had to do it once, like, honestly, uh, if, you know, when you have like a list of things, like when you get to heaven, you're going to be like, hey, God, why didn't you do it this way? That's like one of my things. Like, how good would it be if you made a decision and then that was it? Just like had this amazing faith and trust in God that was never, ever questioned or shaken. That's not been my experience. You're all very quiet. You're like, Sarah, is that not what, is that what it's like for you? Mm. Why do you have a microphone? (laughs) Anyways, but in the first message, we sort of looked at why God is trustworthy. Like, I feel like that's an important place to start. If you want me to trust someone, I want to know why they're worth trusting. And so we looked at his character and like the nature of who God is and the nature of him being eternal and what that means as we choose to trust him. But I realized in preparing for that message that there was going to be more to this idea of choosing trust because once you've established someone as trustworthy, you still have to choose to trust that person. And here's the thing about trust. Choosing trust does not mean your situation changes at all. And I think sometimes we forget that. Like, just because you go, right, I'm going to give this over to God. I'm going to trust Him. It doesn't mean you're going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be perfect. If you think that that's what trusting leads to, you might be very disappointed. What trusting leads to is sometimes a long period of waiting before you see any change. And it's something that if we're not prepared for, it can really shake us. And the scripture we really leaned into in in last time, and the scripture I want to keep reminding us, like let's imprint this on our hearts, is Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's like the heart of this I'm going to keep calling it a series, the heart of this series. And that's a nicer verse to read than it is to practice. Like we're always like, yes, hashtag trust the Lord. Or like some people probably have that tattooed on them, but then they're like, then they're like, oh, I don't know if I can pay my phone bill this week. And they freak out. And it's like this whole thing where it's so much easier to read that verse and feel all the like warm and fuzzy feelings without actually thinking through what that means. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust him with your whole heart. 
And what I want to talk to us about tonight is something that really can't be separated from trust. Like if you're going to choose to trust and step out in faith, 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 you will need this. And that is patience. And so I hope you're all very excited tonight <laughs> to hear a message about patience. I can see my life group laughing so hard right now. We have a hard and fast rule in our group, like don't ask me to pray for you for patience because I feel like every time it happens, I get really bad reviews um, on my prayers <laughs> because it, it works really well. And I feel like one day Sarah Ray asked for patience and the next day she was on the phone for seven and a half hours and just as they got to her, the like phone went dead. And so it's kind of a thing. We don't pray for patience. We, we just hope it shows up. But sorry in advance, but I think this is something we cannot separate from trust. You just can't. And impatience is normal. It's instinctual. Like when you think about it, you don't have to teach a kid to be impatient. That's kind of how they come. That's like the default setting. They want something and they want it now. And as you get older, you sort of develop the ability to go, I know I need to wait for things. Maybe we're not always great at it, but impatience comes so naturally. It's instinctual, but patience is a choice. You have to be taught to be patient. I don't know if I've ever met anyone like, or a child that's just naturally really good at waiting long times for things that they want. It's just not natural. And so we shouldn't feel bad that this is something we need to work on, but we do need to be aware that it's not going to come naturally to us because that makes, that means that we actually understand this is important to work on because some things take time, even if God's working. I think that's a really important thing to get out right at the front. Some things take time and they're still a miracle. God still transforms them, but maybe it took a year. Maybe it took a couple years. Maybe it took a lot of uh, extra time that you didn't expect. doesn't mean that God's not working. It does mean that we need to be able to patiently trust in Him. And so that is what we're going to look at tonight. And I want to share a bit of my story as we do this. And I just want to pull out... Um, I guess at the end of that, a few things that I've learned on or in my life, just in different seasons of really waiting on God for a breakthrough or for things to change. Because there's been a few of those moments in my life and I've just noticed a few things that I think are going to help us engage these seasons where we wait in a really patient way, in a way that makes, um, I guess, the gap in the middle a, a fruitful thing and not a toxic thing. We want those waiting periods not to become something where we become bitter or we become doubtful of God. We want that to actually strengthen our faith. We want to come out of those moments stronger than we went in. And so I want to share a bit of my story. And I am going to look at my computer a bit. It's not because I don't know my own story. Just want to preface this. It's because I could literally talk about this for hours. And I'm very concerned that I will. So I'm going to make sure that I stay on task here. And so if you do go, wow, she doesn't really know her own story very well. I do. I'm just saving you all dinner before like 10 p.m. tonight. Uh, but essentially, some of you have probably known me. Some of you have known me for a long time. Some of you haven't. So you might be aware of, I call her pre-17 pre Sarah, as in 2017, not like 17 years old. Uh, sorry, let's pre-2017 Sarah. And some of you would have been around to witness her. Um, and if you were, you probably didn't see much of me because I didn't really exist in social settings. But for me, Probably from the age of about 13 or 14, I really struggled with anxiety, like severely, just from different experiences in my life and um, things that I'd been through. It was just something that um, I just had a lot of, to the point where I really could not do socialising 
at all. Like pre-2017 Sarah, um, like all you had to do was accidentally make eye contact with me and I'm like having a panic attack. I'm like going into fight or flight. I don't know what to do. And most of the time they didn't even mean to look at me. They're like, you know, when someone waves and you wave and there's someone behind you. It was most of the time that situation, but that was like, does that just happen to me? No? Okay. Everyone else is more popular. But, um, for me, it, like, that was how bad it was. For someone just to, me to think they wanted to talk to me, I would literally just have a full-on panic attack. And I, it was like that in school, but when I left school, I, I thought it got better because I wasn't in school, surrounded by people all the time. I was able to spend a lot of time on my own, and I ended up drawing away from community a lot and isolating. And so I thought I got better but it's just because people on YouTube don't give you social anxiety. So it became a real... It, I realised really in a moment when I got invited to join a life, a life group in like 2015 or something like that, a year or two after high school, and I, re, I really wanted to join it, but the fear that came out, I realised that I'd let that anxiety just brew in the background and I had no idea. And every week going to life group was like a nightmare. I would get there early just so I could like deep breathe in my car just for like to get through the hours and I always had like an escape plan or like somewhere I might have had to be and when that didn't work I tried showing up like a little bit late so I'd feel like I had to rush in so that I wouldn't have to think about the fact that I was going to sit there literally with two really nice girls and have coffee and talk about life. Like it was so crippling and I remember having this moment where I went, I just thought that I, I'd like deceived myself. I just thought I didn't like people. Like, I'm just not a people person. And it was the realisation of knowing I wanted to be in that group, but it was, like, killing me to go, that I realised, like, this is a real thing that I need to work through. And I just started, like, praying every day. Like, every day. I think at the beginning I just went, this is how God's made me, this is just how I am. But then I really started to go, I don't want to be like this. Like, I, I want things to be different different. And I started praying every day and journaling. I even joined um, a team where I like wouldn't have to talk to people and I could always be busy. Um, so if anyone is a bit socially nervous, uh, the host team is a great place to go because you can like carry the containers, you can set things up. But I was like taking these steps, doing everything. And for like two years, like it did not get better. It did not get better. And at this point, I've been anxious since I was like 13. So now we're talking like seven years of just this continuous cycle of anxiousness. And I remember this one day, I was like, nope, tonight's the night, I'm going to, and this won't sound like a big deal to you, but I was like, I'm going to go up to someone and I'm going to say hi tonight. And I like prepped myself all week long. And like at work in the um, tea room, I was like practicing with people. I was like, hi, how are you today? And they'd be like, good. And they'd leave and I'd be like, and I'd like just like double over and be like, wow, good for me. And so I was like getting ready for Sunday and I got there on the Sunday and I like, was like looking for someone I could go up to and like it, these are people I knew too not even like new people and I like went to do it and I and I could not and I literally just got into my car and I think I just like cried for 40 minutes and it was such a moment of like I don't want to be here and I've been praying and I've been journaling and I'm doing everything and it's been years and years and years when is this going to end and I just hit this moment of God really just reassuring me reassuring me like it's not supposed to be like this like it's this isn't what I have for you because I started to really fear that the season I was in had lasted so long I was doing everything I could 
I was like, maybe this is, maybe God wants me to be like alone or maybe he wants to. And in those moments, like, I feel like when we're in difficult seasons and we isolate, those sorts of thoughts creep into our heads. And I know for me, like, I really just had to keep charging through. And I think it was just a few weeks after that that I was invited to interns. And I remember just laughing so hard, like, as if I'm going to do that. And I remember God hit me even harder with, like, a, he was like, no, trust me. He was like, just do this. And I was like, this doesn't make sense because I, I can't talk to people. And interns, that is all they do. They were the bane of my existence every Sunday. Like, me trying to get out before an intern got to me. Honestly, it's like a sport. <laughs> and um, they got me a few, a few times. But I remember God just being like, trust me in this. And that was in 2017. And it went pretty well because, like, I mean, you haven't seen me double over trying to breathe tonight. But it was such a long process. And I think that in that, um, I just picked up a few things on patiently trusting with God. Not that I did it very patiently at the time, but, um, I, you know, in hindsight, hindsight's um, twenty twenty, as they say, but no matter who we are, this is important because none of us is ever going to go through life without ever having to wait for something. No, one's e- no one in this room, I don't think at least, is ever going to be like, you know, I've never had to have patience. I've never had to trust. I've never had to wait for anything. I've never had like a health issue or a financial issue or um, a friendship or a relationship I've been trying to restore. I've never questioned what my life would look like and struggle. Like I think we would all fit into a number of categories of needing to trust and wait at times. And so whether you believe in God or not, this is going to be really important for you, really important because we can either choose to trust or we can live in fear that's like our only options. Like if the outcome doesn't change, it's just how we spend that time in the middle that we're choosing. And so I think all of us would want to live a life not full of fear, but full of hope. Because at the end of the day, and this is something I really hold on to, trust is not about the outcome at all. Like things may not look the way you ever wanted them to look, but if we can have that constant hope in the waiting, in the middle, how much more prepared and strengthened are you to go into that next season when it looks different than what you're expecting? This isn't about a message about hoping and trusting that things work out the way that you want them to. It's that deep trust that God is good and He's leading you to something good, no matter what it looks like. It's that lean not on your understanding. And so the first thing, there's just two quick things I want to look at. And the first one is outward focus. Now, this is all about, I mean, I could sum it up in two words, an outward focus meaning community and serving. You know, I really don't think that we value um, what community does for us as a people. Like community refines us. Community draws out from us things that we need to be aware of. But more than that, community shows us how God is working in other people's worlds. It shows us that there are actually other things to be aware of in the world. When you... Um, when we go through struggle and our temptation is to isolate, we actually cut ourselves off from seeing that we're not the only person in the world with problems. And I think that the danger is that when we don't have an outward focus, our problem becomes the focus. Our problem becomes so all-consuming, so everything that we think about that it becomes crippling. Like there are things that are genuinely major concerns in our world, I'm sure, things that we believe 
we want to change with all of our hearts. But if you let that become the focus of your life, you are going to miss out on so many things. You know, God calls us to serve first. And that's not to distract you. This isn't about ignorance. And I want to emphasize that. I'm not telling you to pretend like you don't have something in your world that needs to change. What I am telling you is that focusing on you and that issue will not help you in this season of waiting. It will not help you to have a healthy patience as things move forward. And there's a verse in Philippians and Paul puts it this way in chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who in very nature, being God, did not consider equality with him something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking in the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. You know, we really believe as people of faith that we are called to something, that we have purpose, and that is always tied into serving the people in our world. Always. Serving is just a huge part of community. We're not just supposed to be in community. We're supposed to serve the community. It's not just about socializing. It's about giving. And there's something that happens when you serve that just develops in you this ability to have hope and trust. When your problem is not the main problem, when you have the opportunity to actually assist someone, help someone, make someone else's life better, you're actually pursuing a purpose. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here tonight and you have been really struggling with something, that you're still called in that season. Like your calling and your purpose and what God um, is leading you towards doesn't end because you're struggling. And if you can hold on to that and actually lean into it, no matter what, you are going to see, I think that's where a lot of breakthrough actually comes. Honestly, it's one of those things like God's wisdom is not the same as the world's. It doesn't make sense. We want to pull away. We want to rest. We want to look after ourselves. I think that self-care language is just everywhere. But I just want to encourage you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says not to burn yourself out, but it does say to reach out and serve others first. And I really, truly believe that as you do that, you're going to see a lot of breakthrough in your world. When I agreed to join interns as someone who literally just wanted to throw up at the thought of talking to someone, I knew I was not going to be in a very comfortable place. But the thing that I held on to was if I could just make one person's day better than, or I could, I could find the people who I knew were like me and desperately wanted connection but could not like create it for themselves, then this is so worth it. And I remember the hunger to actually see people struggling with what I struggled with do better you know, you forget about what you're dealing with almost in a sense because you want that person to experience something fresh. If you can find a place to serve and give to people, you're going to see breakthrough in your life. I'm sure of that. Um, and so don't draw in, push out. Actually trust God patiently and do what he's called you to do. Be a servant live your life full of purpose. And so whatever you're believing for, believe for it wholeheartedly and trust God. But don't let it become your focus. Don't let it lead you into isolation. Stay planted in your community. Let people be there for you. Let people hope alongside you and refine you, but let them remind you of your purpose to serve others humbly, irrelevant of your circumstance. 
And so the second thought, really simply, is internal discipline. So we need an outward focus. We need to find that thing greater than ourselves that helps us through tough season. But we need an internal discipline. And I want to emphasize here the idea of taking captive your thoughts. Taking captive your thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We need to defend our mental space. Because whenever we have to wait, the opportunity for doubts, for fears, for concerns will be just everywhere. Those voices that start saying, maybe this isn't going to work out okay. Maybe God isn't going to come through for me. Maybe this or that or whatever you're going through. Like, I'm sure we've all had those negative thoughts start to creep in and make us question everything. We need to be much more disciplined in not allowing that. It's not about not taking into account, you know, possibilities in life and things like that. But it is about going, I'm choosing to trust for a positive outcome. I'm choosing to trust that God is leading me where I'm supposed to be. I'm choosing to trust that though this does not look right, though this doesn't make sense, God is a good God and I can trust in Him. He's going to correct this path. He's going to make things straight. That's what trust is. But that's going to be very difficult if you don't have a good internal discipline of going, I'm not going to entertain those doubts. I'm not going to entertain those voices. I'm not going to entertain that bitterness that's creeping in because this person got a breakthrough and I've been waiting twice as long. You know, it could be anything. There are so many opportunities when we're desperate or we're waiting for voices to creep in, even against other people, where you start to resent God's work in another person's life because you haven't seen it in yours. We need to develop an internal discipline because it'd be such a shame to have the opportunity to strengthen your faith and actually come out of it um, with a better understanding of who God is just because we were letting all these thoughts fill our brains. We were letting all these thoughts come into our minds and we weren't even going, whoa, where's that coming from? I actually believe in a good God who's trustworthy. Where's this thought coming from? Nope, I believe in this. Trust the Lord, even if it doesn't make sense. And I want to say this, beware the voice that calls you to less during your trouble. I feel like, and a lot of the time we are, we are often seeing on social media is, draw away, take some time for you, don't do as much. And, you know, the Bible says that God's strength is in your weakness. Like when you're struggling, He can actually still do miraculous things. Like this isn't about pulling back and minimizing your life. Actually let God push you forward. Actually let God lead you into something miraculous. Because the funny thing is the miraculous only takes place where there's weakness. If you're the strongest person on the world with the best life ever, what is God going to do for you? Strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so we need to um, have that internal discipline, take our thoughts captive and be encouraged to step into more. And I just want to say for, before I finish up, like at the end of it, if you're doing everything, like I know there's moments where you're like, I'm, you might be doing all of these things. Maybe you're serving on a team, you're journaling every day, you're, you've got great internal discipline. And I just want to say to you, you know, sometimes things just take time. Like even if God's hand is in it, you know, I've, I did interns, I started interns in 2017 um, and that was six years ago. And I'm definitely have come a long way in that journey, but it's been six years of literally just having to push through 
so much. Like I did not have an instantaneous kind of uh, moment. It's just been day after day, day after day of going, no, I'm going to trust God. No, I'm going to do that thing that makes me nervous. And it's six years. And I think I'm going to be probably working with some of this stuff for the rest of my life. But that doesn't take away that when I look at the last six years, I don't see a miracle. I don't see an incredible transformation that doesn't make sense to me. What is six years to me in the span of my life? Like it is miraculous. And I want to encourage you, if you're doing everything and you're waiting and you're waiting, like don't discount the time that sometimes it takes for God to work a miracle in your life. Keep hoping, keep trusting and believing that God is taking you somewhere. But some things take time and that's okay that's seasons that's like there's a great song actually if you are struggling there's a great song by Hillsong called seasons and it reminds you like as much as you want it to be winter summer has to happen autumn has to happen you can't bring winter well okay I'm gonna change that because no one's begging for winter when you want it to be summer winter has to happen but seasons acquaint us with that idea that things take time and that's the same for you. doesn't mean God's not doing something miraculous and one day you're going to look back and go, wow, I'm so glad I trusted God. I'm so glad that I lent into my purpose in that season and didn't shrink back. I'm so glad because now my life is so radically transformed and I have such more of an internal strength and trust and hope in who God is and now I get to go out and share that with other people. Now I get to be that voice or that um, person that supports someone else who goes through a similar thing. And this is going to be a continuous journey. This is going to come up like you all know you've been living life long enough that you have a season and you have breakthrough and it's amazing. And then something else pops up. Then you have a season and then you have breakthrough and it's amazing. It's kind of, it's just a cycle of life. But every time I think we get stronger and stronger, we develop more and more of a relationship of trusting in God. And I just think that that's a really beautiful thing. And so I just want to ask a few questions. And then we'll pray. And so the first question is, is there something in my life right now where I need to choose to trust God? Is there something where you can just identify straight away, you've been really worried, really fearful, and you just need to trust God in that situation? Have, have you let circumstance become the focus of your life? Have you let them distract you from your purpose or calling? And it's not, a, it's not a guilt thing. I think that we all do it. And sometimes we genuinely need rest. But I do think that God calls us to more and He gives us strength when we need it. And we need to be prepared to step into our calling when things get a little rough. And am I, am I active in my community socially and serving? Are you in the community? Are you being a part of it? Are you letting something else take the focus um, off of yourself? Uh, am I allowing negative thoughts to shape the narrative whilst I wait and patiently trust? You know, waiting doesn't have to be a fearful thing. It can be something if we're disciplined in trusting and using great language and not letting thoughts sneak in that distract us from who God is um, and where He's taking us. And do I need to ask God for peace in my season? You know, sometimes I think we pray for breakthrough a lot more than we pray for peace. Um, and the irony being is that I think God already knows when your breakthrough will come. He's eternal, but peace is something we kind of always need. Like, do you actually just need to stop tonight and maybe have a moment and go, you know, I don't know how long this season's going to be, but I can ask for peace. I can ask for God to instill that quietness in my heart. And do I trust that God is leading me somewhere 
good and will be me be with me no matter what. You know, I think those last two things are more of a do you actually trust that no matter how long this moment where you're needing to trust that God's going to be with you, that he's still good no matter what and that he's never going to abandon you. He's with you in whatever you're facing.